Hey there, and welcome back to By His Grace Marriage Ministry Podcast. My name is Amanda. Shabbat Shalom to those who keep the Sabbath. I usually don't record or publish any episodes on the Sabbath, but I have a really special word that I want to share today. So back in season three, I uh, published an episode with my testimony, and I was talking about my past, my family life, um, how I grew up in a in a home that um, was not Christian. Um, my parents didn't teach me about who God was, who Jesus was. Um, we didn't go to church. I didn't know about prayer. I didn't know about the Bible. I didn't know anything until I was in my 20s. And I was just talking about that, how Yahuwah came to me and brought me out of all of that, brought me out of generational iniquities, issues with, uh, with family, um, just personal things in my life and, you know, brought me to him, was born again and became a believer. And um, that's as far as I got. <laughs> so um, I feel that the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, put um, in my heart and in my spirit to share a second part of my testimony, which will um, I'll be explaining how I actually came to truth. I've actually had a few people within my ministry ask me, what denomination am I? You know, what do I follow? Um, some people are a little bit confused, and I completely understand that. So I actually want to share and talk about um, how I came to truth, what that looks like for me, and how it's blessed me, and you know, the future of my my family and marriage, and um, and just so much more to come, the ministry and all of that. So. I want to share that with you today, so this will be a part two of my testimony, and again, I will be sharing how I came to truth. So I want to begin by reading from the scriptures, and I'm going to be reading from Psalm chapter 1. And again, the version um, of the Bible that I use is called the scriptures, and it is the ISR, which is Institute for Scripture Research. And it just has the true names of God, um, Jesus, and so on and so forth. So, which is another reason why I'm sharing this, because in my first season of my my podcast, I was using the pagan terms, um, God, Jesus, Lord, things like that. And um, I did that because I knew I was going to have listeners that were probably not going to be familiar with the Hebrew names and terms. And I just wanted the words and messages that I was ministering to reach those people. So instead of confusing them, I wanted to use those terms. But then as I went into my second season or end of first going into second season, I really felt convicted to continue to use the Hebrew names and terms. Um, I felt like in a way I was, um, um, I don't want to say that I was sinning, but I was just you know, not doing right by him, and I wanted to, to keep that truth going. So I quickly explained in a brief episode that I would be doing that. Um, but I'll explain more of that here in this episode for those of you who are not familiar with it. And before I do say anything else, I want to say that I am not here to pass judgment. I am not here to boast or to be prideful about it. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm simply explaining this to share as part of my testimony of where Yahuwah has brought me um, and also in hopes that it may reach somebody, that it may speak to someone and bring them out of um, religions and paganism and into the truth, you know, and if you don't agree with it, that's okay. You know, you don't have to agree with it again. This is just me sharing my testimony where Elohim has brought me and what good it's done for me and my family and, um, that I can honestly say how blessed I feel uh, to be walking in truth, to be walking alongside with him, and um, to be fulfilling what he has placed on my life. So, um, but yes, no condemnation, no judgment or anything like that to anybody. Um, Again, I just simply want to explain, um, you know, my relationship with him and, and where that's brought me, okay? All right, so I'm going to read from the scriptures. I'm going to read Psalm chapter 1 to start, and then I will go from there. Blessed is the man who shall not walk in the counsel of the wrong, and shall not stand in the path of sinners, and shall not sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the Torah of Yahuwah. And he meditates in his Torah day and night, 
for he shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of water that yields its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever he does prospers the wrong are not so but are like the shaft which the wind blows away therefore the wrong shall not rise in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for Yahuwah knows the way of the righteous but the way of the wrong comes to naught hallelujah and I'm going to be reading more scriptures here as I go along as I share my testimony of coming out of truth. All right, so praise Abba. Okay, so um, really, really beautiful time of my life. Um, again, if you heard my, my part one of my testimony, when I was 26, I became a believer. I became born again. I gave my life to Elohim and my heart to him, and um, I turned from my sins. I repented of my sins and so forth you know, so on and so forth. Um, I want to say in 2020 is when I started to come to truth. Um, in 2020 is when Yahuwah graciously brought me out of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is um, Hebrew for Egypt. And he also brought me out of Babylon, which is our government system. He set me apart. And by setting me apart, I was then grafted into Israel. Okay, just like Abraham was. So we read this um, in the Torah. And for those of you who are not familiar, the Torah are the first five books of the Bible, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Okay, they are the books that Moshe, Moses, um, wrote. Okay, and that was through Yahuwah. We see that Abraham was actually brought out of a pagan or foreign land and brought into um, what we would consider Hebrew or Israelites, although Israel didn't come along until Jacob or Jacob um, came along and um, his name was changed from Jacob or Jacob to Israel or Israel. Okay, so for those of us who are born again and come into the truth, we are automatically grafted in to Israel. Okay, just like Abraham was. Paul also talks about this too in the New Covenant, the New Testament. Okay, so a lot of people have asked me, well, what are you? <laughs> are you Christian? Are you Jewish? Are you, you know, what are you? So I'm not Christian. I'm not Jewish. I'm not Catholic. I'm not Muslim. I'm not Pentecostal. I'm not any of those things. What I consider to be, because I don't follow a denomination, I don't follow a religion. I don't go to church. Church is at home for me. Um, and I worship on Saturday, not Sunday. Saturday is the Sabbath, the seventh day. Um, so, but I am not any of those things. I just consider myself to be Hebrew. I'm not Jewish by blood, but again, I'm not Jewish either because Jewish as a religion <clears throat> has done like all of the other religions where they have added or taken away from scripture. Uh, in the Jewish religion, there's actually something called the Talmud. It's not the Torah, it's the Talmud. And the Talmud is actually um, 60 plus, I think, uh, over 100 of oral written laws um, that, you know, Pharisees and, and so on, as time went on, wrote themselves. So they were inspired by Yahuwah, okay? So I don't follow that either. Okay, I'm just Hebrew, I follow the Torah, but I, I believe the whole Bible, I read the whole Bible, and I follow it. As a matter of fact, a lot of my convictions are, are from all over the Bible. Some are from the Torah, some are from the New Covenant, the New Testament, and I'll share more of that in just a little bit. Before I go any further, let me just share um, some of the words, Hebrew terms that I'll be using so that you understand what I'm saying. So Elohim means God, and I know you've heard... This, these, some of these words throughout most of my episodes so far. Yahuwah is the name of Elohim, <clears throat> is the name of God. Um, I know a lot of people believe it to be Jehovah, kind of like the Jehovah Witnesses, which is in a sense, I'm sorry to say, a cult. Same with Mormonism. Um, but it, it is not Jehovah, it is Yahuwah. When we look at the Hebrew language, which I'm, I'm learning, um, J did not exist before a certain time. So uh, Jehovah begins with a J. So it's not Jehovah, it's Yahuwah. Okay. The name for Jesus is Yahusha 
or Yeshua, which Yeshua also means salvation, which we know that he is our salvation. Yahusha means that he is our deliverer. So I might say either one. Um, or you might hear Yeshua or Yahusha Hamashiach. And Hamashiach just means our savior, okay? Um, same with Messiah. You've probably heard Messiah. Messiah means Christ or our savior. Abba is Hebrew for father. And for those of you who are also curious, Ima is Hebrew for mother. But you'll hear me say Abba a lot um, when I call him, you know, our father or Abba. Um, so Torah is the law and the commands. It is also the first five books of the Bible. The Brit Hadasha is the New Testament or New Covenant. Shalom means peace and it also means hello and goodbye. Adonai means Lord or Master. Okay, so those are just a few words that I wanted to share with you in Hebrew because they are words that you'll probably hear me mention more um, as I share my words within my episodes. Okay, so I just wanted to share that with you all. Okay, so another reason why, um, well, other than Yahuwah bringing me into truth, as I began to study the scriptures, it began to make sense to me. And one of the scriptures that I came to that just was like, this makes so much sense, you know, because one of the biggest problems within Christianity and Catholicism is that they believe because there is grace, right? Because Yahusha came, right? He was our ultimate sacrifice or atonement, that now there's grace, which there is. Absolutely, there's grace. And praise Abba Yahuwah that he gave us that gift, right? But many believe within Christianity and Catholicism that, um, and this is just to name a few, there are many other religions that believe different things that are not at all in alignment with scripture whatsoever. Um, but within Christianity and Catholicism, you know, they believe that, you know, the Torah, the law has been done away with when Yahushua came. Um, and that is not at all what scripture says. So there are many Christians and Catholics that believe they no longer have to keep the Torah. They don't have to keep anything about it. Um, and not just the Ten Commandments, but especially like the laws that, that you see that were given to the Israelites, to the children of Elohim. Well, number one, if you've been grafted over, um, you are an Israelite, okay? You're an Israelite spiritually because you've been grafted in, right, to his family, okay, to Yahuwah's family. So if these were given to them, then we should be following them as well. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I'll keep the Ten Commandments, but that's it, I won't keep anything else. Well, that's not what scripture tells us. And the scripture that I want to read is actually within the New Covenant, or the New Testament. I call it the New Covenant. Covenant, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, just one moment, please. So I am trying to find um, the scripture. <laughs> okay. So, and again, I'm reading from the Scriptures Bible. I got rid of all King James versions, New King James Version, NIT, NLT, ESV, all of these different versions. I don't follow them because they changed. Um, they took away from Scripture. They added a Scripture. They took the, the true names out. A lot of this happened with Constantine. A lot of this happened with the Council of Nicaea. A lot of this happened within the first churches, and that's why I'm saying that we need to be careful about what we follow. Um, all right, so Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to read verses 17 down to 20. And this is Yahusha. This is, uh, or Yeshua speaking. He says, Do not think that I came to destroy the Torah or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to complete the Torah. For truly I say to you, till the heaven and the earth pass away, one yod or one title shall by no means pass from the Torah till all be done. Whoever then breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches men so shall be called least in the reign of the heavens. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the reign of the heavens. For I, for I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall by no means enter into the reign of the heavens. You know, and what's sad is that we see many churches, many religions that are leading so many people away or so many people leading so many 
of the sheep as to say to slaughter. And when I was coming into truth, he began to reveal all of these things to me. So I stopped going to church. I just, I left all of that. And I started reading the scriptures for myself and I started staying home and I started worshiping at home because I started realizing that once I did become a believer in my 20s, I was then being led astray because I would, you know, first I went to a Baptist church. Um, I think I attended a non-denominational church and then I attended, um, I think a Pentecostal church. I mean, I had gone to a few different ones um, and even Catholic church because of my grandmother. Um, and none of them just never felt right to me. They helped me during my growth and my journey. But I realized like once it was in 2020, once the pandemic hit, Yahuwah really started to work on me. And that's because I was home all the time and I had the time to read the scriptures. And he just started downloading so much truth into me, um, especially with reading the scriptures, because the biggest mistake that many churches within Christianity and Catholicism is they only read from the New Covenant. They only read from the New Testament. They rarely ever read within the Torah. And it's like, you know, we our country even sells Bibles that only have the Psalms and New Testament in it. Why would we sell Bibles that don't have the Torah? It doesn't have the, the Old Testament. And it's because many have the belief that they no longer have to follow that. And that is absolute error. And within my marriage ministry, this is why I've taught what I have so far in a lot of my words. I've done um, words on, you know, not being married under the government and under religion and so on and so forth, how that can affect and all that. And this is why. Because it's not truth. It's not truth. When you marry in a church, you're marrying under that religion that is a false religion, that is a religion that is leading many to the slaughter. You know, when you're marrying under the government, you go to the courthouse, you sign that marriage license, you just allowed Babylon into your marriage. You know, and this is a this is a set-apart covenant marriage by Yahuwah. That marriage should only be under Yahuwah, not Babylon, not Mitzrayim, Egypt. No, that's that's not truth, you know. So that's where a lot of my knowledge um, comes from when I minister these words on marriage, okay? So Yeshua uh, did not come to abolish the Torah. He came to fulfill it, okay? And Paul even talks about this, and I'm going to go ahead and read that before I share my convictions with you. Um, and I'm actually going to be reading from Romans, and I'm going to be starting at chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 20. It says, therefore, by works of Torah, no flesh shall be declared right before him. For by the Torah is the knowledge of sin. But now, apart from the Torah, a righteousness of Elohim has been revealed, being witnessed by the Torah and the prophets. And the righteousness of Elohim is through belief in Yahusha Messiah to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the esteem of Elohim, being declared right without paying by his favor through the redemption which is in Messiah Yahuwah, or Yahusha, whom Elohim set forth as an atonement through belief in his blood to demonstrate his righteousness because in his tolerance Elohim had passed over the sins that had taken place before to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he is righteous and declares righteous the one who has belief in Yahusha. Where then is the boasting? It is shut out by what Torah? Of works? No, but by the Torah of belief. For we reckon that a man is declared right by relief without works of Torah. Or is he the Elohim of the, the Yehudim? Only and not also of the nations. Yes, of the nations also. So since it is one Elohim to who sh shall declare, write the circumcised by belief and the uncircumcised through belief. Do we then nullify the Torah through the belief? Let it not be. On the contrary, we establish the Torah. And I would encourage you, if you have interest, to read on. I would also read Romans chapter 4. I was going to read it, but for the sake of time, because there's still quite a bit I have to read, I'm not going to read it. But I would encourage you to read Romans chapter 4 as well. So basically, for those of us who were born Gentile, we're not Jewish by blood. We're still grafted in. <clears throat> we're still grafted in. You know, there's a, there's a, there was a covenant that was made between Abraham and Yahuwah, which was the circumcision. But it's not just circumcision of the foreskin, right? It's now circumcision of the heart. 
Okay, so being grafted in. Okay? So I wanted to share that. And the other thing that I think a lot of religions don't understand is, yes, we're, we're saved by grace through our belief and whatnot, through our faith. Okay? And yes, works alone does not save us. That's true. But it doesn't mean that we don't follow the Torah. Okay? We need to still keep his laws and commandments. And I'm going to read some scripture here in regards to this. So I'm going to start with the Ten Commandments, which is what many of us should know, regardless of what church or religion we, we have been in. Um, but I want to go ahead and share the Ten Commandments with you to start as a reminder. So I'm going to read from Exodus um, chapter 20, and I'm going to start at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to set it apart. Six days you labor and shall do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of Yahuwah your Elohim. You do not do any work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days Yahuwah made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, Yahuwah blessed the Sabbath, the Sabbath day and set it apart. Respect your father and your mother so that your days are prolonged upon the soil which Yahuwah, your Elohim, is giving you. You do not murder. You do not commit adultery. You do not steal. You do not bear false witness against your neighbor. You do not covet your neighbor's house. You do not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant nor his ox, nor his donkey, or whatever belongs to your neighbor. Okay, so those were the Ten Commandments that was given to Moshe, Moses, by Yahuwah. Okay, by, by Yahuwah, him, like himself. <laughs> um, okay, for those of us that are set apart, that choose to walk in truth, I want to read to you some scripture from Deuteronomy. And I'm going to start in chapter 7, and I'm going to start at verse 6. For you are a set-apart people to Yahuwah. You're set-apart, okay, when you walk in truth. You are a set-apart people to Yahuwah, your Elohim. Yahuwah, your Elohim, has chosen you to be a people for himself, a treasured possession above all the peoples on the face of the earth. Yahuwah did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more numerous than other people, for you were the least of all peoples. But because of Yahuwah loving you, and because of him guarding the oath and covenant which he swore to your fathers, Yahuwah has brought you out with a strong hand and ransomed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, sovereign of Mitzrayim. And you shall know that Yahuwah your Elohim, he is Elohim, the trustworthy El, guarding covenant and loving commitment for a thousand generations with those who love him and those who guard his commands, but repaying those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He does not delay to do so with him who hates him, he repays him to his face. And you shall guard the commandments and the laws and the right rulings which I command you today to do them. And it shall be because you hear these right rulings and shall guard and do them that Yahuwah your Elohim shall guard with you the covenant and the loving commitment which he swore to your fathers. And you shall, and he shall love you and bless you and increase you and shall bless the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your land, your grain, your new wine, your oil, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flock, in the land of which he swore to your fathers to give you. Blessed are you above all peoples. There is not going to be a barren man or a barren woman among you or among your livestock. And Yahuwah shall turn away from you all sickness and put on you none of the evil diseases of Mitzrayim, which you have known, but he shall put them on all those who hate you. And you shall consume all the peoples whom Yahuwah your Elohim is delivering over to you, and your eyes shall not pardon them, and do not serve their mighty ones, for that is a snare to you. When you say in your heart, These nations are greater than I, I am unable to drive them out. Do not be afraid of them. Remember well what Yahuwah your Elohim did to Pharaoh and to all of Mizraim. The great trials which your eyes saw, and the signs and the wonders, the strong hand and the outstretched arm by which Yahuwah your Elohim brought you out, Yahuwah your Elohim does so to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. And Yahuwah your Elohim also sends the hornet among them until those who are left who hide themselves from you are destroyed. Do not be afraid of them, for Yahuwah your Elohim 
the great and awesome El is in your midst. And Yahuwah your Elohim shall drive out those nations before you, little by little. You are not allowed to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the field becomes too numerous for you. And then, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, some of you might be familiar with, these are the blessings and the cursings. Um, the blessings are obviously for set-apart people. For those of you have, that have been grafted in, you're in truth. These blessings apply to you. For those of you who are not, um, who are into paganism, who are in false religions and, and not keeping the commandments and the laws, curses shall come upon you. This is what scripture tells us. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to read the blessings of those who are set apart to Yahuwah in our covenant keeping. They are keeping his covenant and his laws, okay? And it shall be, if you diligently obey the voice of Yahuwah, your Elohim, to guard to do all his commands, which I command you today, that Yahuwah, your Elohim, shall set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, if you obey the voice of Yahuwah, your Elohim. Blessed are you in the city, and blessed are you in the field. Blessed is the fruit of your body, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your livestock, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed is your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed are you when you come in, and blessed are you when you go out. Yahuwah causes your enemies who rise against you to be smitten before your face. They come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Yahuwah commands the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and shall bless you in the land which Yahuwah your Elohim is giving you. Yahuwah does establish you as a set-apart people to himself, as he has sworn to you, if you guard the commands of Yahuwah, your Elohim, and walk in his ways. And all peoples of the earth shall see that the name of Yahuwah is called upon you, and they shall be afraid of you. And Yahuwah shall make you to have plenty of what is good in the fruit of your body, and the fruit of your livestock, and in the fruit of your ground, and the land of which Yahuwah swore to your fathers to give you. Yahuwah opens to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, and you will not borrow. And Yahuwah shall make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be only on top and not beneath. If you obey the commands of Yahuwah your Elohim, which I command you today to guard and do, and do not turn aside from any of the words which I am commanding you today, right or left, to go after other mighty ones to serve them. Hallelujah. Praise Yahuwah. Okay. So what I want to say to that is when we look at churches today, when we look at Christianity, when we look at Catholicism, when we look at all these different religions, they don't really teach these things. They don't read these scriptures. They stick to the New Testament. Okay. That's fine. We want to preach the gospel. Of course. We want to share what, what Yahushua did for us, right? What Yahuwah did for us by giving us his only son to be the ultimate sacrifice and atonement. But they're not sharing what I just read because they feel it either applies to only Jewish people, people that were born by blood, right? Um, or because they realize that a lot of what they follow um, is not in alignment with Yahuwah's commandments and his laws, okay? And, and here's the thing. You do not have to be born Jewish. You could be a Gentile and cross over spiritually and become grafted in into Israel, okay? And inherit all of these things. But you have to keep the Torah, okay? You have to keep his commandments and his laws. There are so many people that feel that they no longer have to do that. And that is so far from the truth that it's it's heartbreaking to see that, okay? All right, so I want to talk about my personal convictions that I have received ever since coming into the truth. I have grown a lot in the past three years to the point that people that know me, that have known me for some time or for most of my life, were very, very shocked and were like, Amanda, what happened? You know, like they were just like, wow, there's been such a drastic change in you. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. I am so incredibly thankful. Um, so again, some of my convictions came, of course, from the Torah, uh, following the laws and the commandments, and some of the convictions are even um, mentioned in the, in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, okay? So my dress, okay? So number one, I cover my head. This actually is not in the Torah, so it's not a sin if you don't. It's a personal choice, but Paul does talk about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 
that a woman should have her head covered when she prays and prophesies. So I became convicted of this um, in 2020, or actually in 2019, but then I started working outside of the home and I felt at the time I couldn't do it. I now realize I, I could have, um, but I just didn't do it. But I've been practicing head covering for almost four years now. Um, and my conviction came from the scriptures um, that I just said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where Paul speaks of that. Now, some women are confused. They believe that their hair is their covering. Um, and here's why I cover my hair. My hair is all the way down to my waist. I have very long hair. But the reason why I still cover my hair is, is for these reasons. Number one, it also says that our hair is also our glory. So if we are to glorify Yahuwah with our hair, its glory, then I feel that not many people should see my hair. Um, I also feel it can be a stumbling blo uh, block to brothers. You know, there are many men that are attracted to hair, um, that are attracted to long flowing hair, certain hairstyles, and I don't want to draw that kind of attention to myself. My hair, my body, you know, everything about me is for my husband's eyes only, right? And that should be, that should be how it is. So I'm modest in that sense that I do still cover my hair for that reason. Um, I also cover my hair um, to honor Yahuwah, to honor my husband, um, and to sh also show um, it's an outward expression of my faith and an outward symbol of headship because my husband is my head. And Abba is my head, right? So like Yahuwah is, you know, first, then Yahusha, then husband, then wife, and so on and so forth. So, you know, my head is, would be my husband, and then it would be Yahuwah. So it's also a sign of submission, and that's why I wear a head covering, okay? Um, I, I always wear it when I go out. Um, if I'm in public, if I'm on camera, I will wear it. If I'm at home, I don't always wear it. Um, but if I'm going to be praying or reading scripture or just in his presence, um, worshiping him, then I will wear a head covering. Um, I only wear dresses and skirts, and that is based off of um, scripture in the Torah that says women should not dress like men and men should not dress like women. I also just feel very feminine when I wear dresses and skirts. Um, I don't really care for pants very much. I used to wear them growing up and until I became a believer and then I became convicted of that and decided that I didn't want to wear slacks or pants or anything like that because I felt it was a men garment. Um, now many people will point out that back in biblical times it looked like men wore dresses and I agree. So I'm not sure about that there, but again, this is, these are just my personal convictions. Okay. I'm not passing judgment or condemning anybody for those that do not follow these convictions. These are my convictions. I also wear zitzits or tassels. Zitzits work are, not were, they are commanded in the Torah for the children of Israel. So children, men and women to wear these tassels, um, and you can read about this in Leviticus, at the four corners of your garment or your shirt or your skirt or your dress um, that has a blue string in it. And what these symbolize is they symbolize and serve as a reminder to always keep um, the Torah, to keep Yahuwah's laws and commandments. So I do wear zitzits as well every day. Um, at the corners of either my shirt or my dress or something like that, okay? Um, also for men, and this is just my understanding of scripture as well, there is scripture within the Torah that says a man should not put a razor to his head. So I believe that men aren't really supposed to cut their hair. I don't think they're supposed to have it super, super long like women do. Um, but I do not believe that men should be buzzing their heads and um, things like that. That just is kind of more of a sign of either grieving or shame or something like that. Um, I do believe men should have long hair, which I do find very attractive anyway. <laughs> just putting that out there. And I do believe that Yahuwah created men to have facial hair. Um, I, I do not think that men should always be clean shaven. I understand that in our society that shows professionalism and, and cleanliness and so on. But you know what? A man having a beard not only is extremely attractive, but I do believe that men should have beards and mustaches, you know? Um, they should not be barefaced all the time, you know, unless they're a little kid or, you know, young teenager and stuff like that. But 
If Yahuwah created men's bodies to have facial hair, then they should grow out their facial hair. You know, keep it, groom it, you know, of course. But I do believe that um, men who are truly walking in the truth should keep their facial hair and their hair pretty long for the most part. Um, and again, that's just my understanding of scripture and my personal conviction as well for men. And I also find it extremely attractive. So, <laughs> Not that anybody cares, right? But I just throw that out there. <laughs> okay, holidays. This is another reason why I stopped going to church when I came in a truth. Um, listen, uh, Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day, all of these holidays, Easter, they all have pagan orange or sorry I was gonna say oranges I don't know why <laughs> they all have pagan origins okay they all come from pagan origins and you know what growing up even before I became a believer I used to wonder why Christmas and Easter especially people went to church and it was about someone named Jesus and about the birth and then about the resurrection but yet people were also celebrating a Santa Claus and an Easter Bunny I just I never could understand that and so as I got older and became a believer, I still celebrated the holidays and Sally I taught my son because churches were doing it. Christianity does it, Catholicism does it. A lot of churches were even celebrating Halloween. Um, and as I came into truth and studied scripture more, I realized, oh my goodness, this is not good. <laughs> we should not be keeping these holidays. This is absolutely an abomination to Yahuwah. Um, so I quit celebrating holidays. This was really hard on my family, um, but I quit celebrating holidays. I wasn't gonna do that no more. I realized that the holidays that we, we should always be keeping are the ones listed in the Torah, which are the biblical feast. Um, and I don't have time to read about that, but if you wanna read more about the biblical feasts, they are listed in Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, okay? So those are the feasts or the holidays that we actually should be keeping. All these other holidays are an absolute abomination to Yahuwah. And as a matter of fact, when it comes to the birth of the Messiah, nowhere in scripture does it say he was born on December 25th. As a matter of fact, most believe he was born during Sukkot, which is one of the biblical feasts, which takes place September to October. Okay. But nowhere in the Bible, again, this is all man-made religions, traditions that have been passed down over and over and over. But these are actually an abomination to Yahuwah. So I no longer celebrate any of those holidays. I just keep the biblical feasts. Um, as I just read in the Ten Commandments, we should be keeping the Sabbath, which is Saturdays. And basically keeping the Sabbath means no work, right? Uh, it's rest, worship, things like that. But there should be no work, no buying, no selling. Um, know anything like that and again if you want to read more about the Sabbath and how to keep it again it's in the Torah I believe it's in the book of uh, Exodus and Levit I think it's in um, I think it's in Exodus Leviticus and Deuteronomy um, is where that's at so um, that's why you also hear me say Shabbat Shalom which is you know what we say during the Sabbath as a period of rest and we wish you know peace and blessings but Sabbath is actually, keeping the Sabbath is actually a commandment. You should not be working. You should not be cooking. You should not be doing any housework. You should not be buying and selling. You shouldn't be doing anything like that. It is a day of rest and worship. Okay. Um, I already talked about the names. Um, I definitely became convicted about using the names. Um, and not, you know, um, all these other names are pagan or Greek or um, Lord, for example, means something completely different. Um, so I definitely became convicted on the names and that's why, like I explained earlier, why I changed that in my ministry as well. Concerning marriage and family, I think you've pretty much heard um, everything there is that I, that I have as far as knowledge, wisdom, and within the truth as far as mar marriage and family goes all throughout my episodes, all throughout the podcast. So I won't go into that. Diet. There are some people that even believe that, you know, you don't have to keep the dietary laws that are in the Torah. I became convicted to, I'm, I do not eat pork, I do not eat shrimp, I do not eat anything that is unclean. 
that clearly Yahuwah says to us in the Torah not to eat these things, that they are unclean and is considered an abomination to him, okay? So yes, we should be keeping the dietary laws. And it absolutely breaks my heart when I see people, excuse me, eating all of these unclean things. We should not be doing that as well. Um, you know, listen, bottom line is when it comes to keeping the Torah, the only thing we no longer have to do is sacrifice animals because Yahusha who was the lamb, was our ultimate animal sacrifice or our ultimate sacrifice. He was our ultimate ultimate atonement. So we no longer have to sacrifice animals or anything like that, but everything else we still should be keeping. And I know it might seem hard to do that because of the modern world and society that we live in, but we should absolutely be keeping the commandments and the laws that are listed within the Torah, okay? So those are a lot of um, my personal convictions. Again, how I dress, um, how I worship, what day I worship on, I keep the Sabbath, um, the names, the diets, uh, marriage, family. You know, I definitely want my marriage to be within truth, to be married under Yahuwah, not under a church, not under religion, and definitely not under the government. You know, not filling out a marriage license and, and filing it with the state. No, I do not want Babylon in my marriage. I do not want to still be, you know, stuck in the world, in paganism and all that kind of stuff. Um, no, I don't think we should be wearing rings either because rings, wedding rings have pagan origins. Um, jewelry is mentioned in the Bible, but nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are to wear a wedding ring as a sign that we are married. So I also don't do that. I don't wear rings. The only jewelry I wear is a necklace that I was given as a special gift that has the menorah and that is it. And I wear that as a sign of the Torah. Okay. <clears throat> but those are my personal convictions. That's what I've come into since coming into the truth. Um, so now what I would like to do is I would like to share with you and I'm going to read from a book that I, that I own. For those of you who, um, which by the way, I forgot to tell you, Holy Spirit in Hebrew is Ruach HaKodesh, but you'll hear me just say Ruach instead of the Spirit or the Holy Spirit. Um, but for those of you who may be led by the Ruach at some point to come into truth, and you're wondering how to come out of that and how to be grafted into Yisrael, I'm going to read with you and share, and hopefully I have time to read this. Um... If not, I'll do a part two if I run out of time. But I want to go ahead and read this for those of you who are interested in coming out of Mitzrayim, coming out of, out of Babylon, and stepping into the truth and being grafted into Israel. I'm going to read this for you. And of course, the first thing is, you know, repent. You know, Yahuwah knows our stories. He knows where we came from. He knows that for a lot of us, we were misled. Uh, for a lot of us, it was generational stuff, you know. But here's the thing, he wants to bring you out of those things and he wants to bring you into truth if you let him, okay? So I want to go ahead and read this and I'm going to start about um, reading about vessels and wine. And we also see this in scripture as well, talking about old wineskins and new wineskins, okay? So old wine, the teachings of men are traditions inherited passed down over generations. These man-made customs commonly dominate behavior, taking precedent over the words we are to live by, written by our Creator. They are a heavy burden we can remove easily by choosing to stop listening to them. Recognizing their teachings are nothing to Yahuwah. They are only arrogant nonsense someone made up for people to follow. The old wine is the leaven of men's teachings. We must be strong and courageous and obey Yahuwah. It's a choice between their teaching authority or Yahuwah's. And the new wine, the teachings of Yahusha without human traditions mixed in, which I've talked about this quite a few times in different episodes um, regarding marriage. New wine is pure truth and cannot be in the presence of old wine. Remember, we can't put new wine into old wineskins, they'll break. The old wine will conflict with the new, having the excuse, the old is good enough. The heart, mind, or inner person that receives teachings, accepting both truth and error based on personal choices. A renewing of this mind or wineskin is given when a person surrenders their mind along with the old wine to Yahusha. The new wine would burst the old wineskin and cannot be in the presence of the old wine. 
The wineskin is the receptacle or vessel we call our mind. It is our inner heart, unrenewed by the Ruach of Yahusha. It is a mind of the flesh. A mind of the flesh does not and cannot obey and repels pure truth, which would be the new wine. Receiving the mind of the Ruach, one's vessel or wineskin, understands the scriptures and the will of Yahusha. So the person pants to obey, knowing the thoughts of Yahusha. They have received the love for the truth and their hearts, or wineskins, are circumcised by Yahusha. They see the world and its condition and sin for what they are in Yahusha's perspective, not man. Yahusha has given them his mind and they see everything as he does. So you're looking through a new lens, okay? And let me tell you something, it's a beautiful feeling and absolute just, um, it's just beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful experience. Um, it's really incredible when you're filled with the Ruach and you start seeing things how Yahuwah sees them and not man, okay? So how do you graft in, okay? So there's something called an immersion of your pledge, okay? So immersion is our outward sign of a good conscience towards Yahuwah and our dipping or baptizing represents our, circum our circumcision. Carefully notice in this scripture, in him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful character, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Mashiach. Having been buried with him in immersion or baptism and raised with him through your belief in the power of Yahuwah, who raised him from the dead. An infant cannot possibly be considered capable of knowing what is happening. Immersion is an act of your own personal will. You covenant personally with Yahusha, and it is in your heart or inner spirit, which is the seat of your will, that he circumcises with a love for his Torah. Our immersion is the moment we personally enter into the renewed covenant with Yahusha, our maker, when he writes his Torah on our hearts, explained in Jeremiah or Yirmiyahu 31, 31 through 33, and quoted at Hebrews chapters 8 and 10. Its operation is explained in Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. We become a citizen of the commonwealth of Israel. According to Revelations 12 and Revelations 14, we are sealed in his name and enjoined to Yahuwah as a member of the sect of the Nazarene. You can see Acts 24, verse 5, and 28, 22. The first fruits. We are those who do two things. We obey the Torah, the commands of Yahuwah, and hold to the testimony of Yahusha. His Nazarene are guardians or watchmen, and we guard his name and his word. So, our pledge is a choice between life and death. And this is the witness that Elohim has given us everlasting life, and this life is in his Son. He who possesses the Son possesses life, and he who does not possess the Son of Elohim does not possess life. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of Elohim, so that you know that you possess everlasting life, and so that you believe in the name of the Son of Elohim. Yahusha circumcises our hearts, our minds. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands, in the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh, the circumcision of Messiah, having been buried with him in immersion, in which you also were raised with him, through the belief in the working of Elohim, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your offenses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all your offenses. The act of immersion is evidence of our circumcision, the outward sign or act of our belief, indicating the circumcision, the cutting of our heart. Men boasting in one another's flesh are missing the point. If we have received Yahusha's Ruach, we are his, and he has circumcised our hearts with a love for the truth and a love for his Torah. If you have been circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands, then you are done. Nothing you can do can improve on what Yahusha has done. This is how we can obey from the heart. When we love him enough to obey him, he will write his Torah on our hearts, and those who will not obey him will not receive his Ruach. Acts 5.32 He who turns away his ear from hearing the Torah, even his prayer is an abomination.
Proverbs 28.9. Hallelujah. Praise Abba Yahuwah. So the Torah, the word of instruction, his commandments and law, is oil, also called living water. It is the mind of Yahuwah and his will living in us. It is the mind of the Ruach of Yahusha, often called the Spirit. The Torah is, in, is inseparable from the Spirit of Yahusha, and it is living and active. Hebrews 4. Our heart is our lamp, and the component within each of us, often called our mind. Our heart is what needs of the living words to be poured into them, like lamp oil into a lamp, or new wine into new wineskin. Stephen, from Acts, <clears throat> called the Torah given at Sinai the living words. Most reject them because they are guided by malicious shepherds, ravening wolves, masquerading as messengers of light. Listen to me, you who know obedience, a people in whose heart is my Torah. Do not fear the reproach of men, nor be afraid of their insults. See Yashayahu, or Isaiah, 51.7. A pledge of good conscience. Acts 5.32 tells us the spirit of Yahusha is only given to those who obey him. That means they turn and obey and live in his word, the Ten Commandments. When going to steeples or churches, were you ever trained to obey the Ten Commandments? Those who do not have Yahusha's spirit in them cannot obey without him nor do they desire to do so. This is why so few people can receive his spirit, because they are taught to disobey. The translations they used were made by men who did not have Yahushua's spirit within them, because they did not obey the laws and the commandments. So Revelation 22 and 14 <clears throat> reveals to us how those who do his commandments will have the right to eat from the tree of life and enter the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, are you ready to obey and call on the name of Yahusha for the forgiveness of your sins? 1 Peter, or Kepha, uh, chapter 3, verses 15 through 22 reads, But set apart Yahuwah Elohim in your hearts, and always be ready to give an answer to everyone asking you a reason concerning the expectation that is in you, with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, so that when they speak against you as doers of evil, those who falsely accuse your good behavior in Mashiach shall be ashamed, for it is better, if it is the desire of Elohim, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil, because even Mashiach once suffered for sins, the obedient for the unobedient, to bring you to Elohim, having been put to death indeed in flesh, but made alive in the Ruach, in which also he went and proclaimed to the Ruachs in prison, who were disobedient at one time when the patience of Elohim waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is, eight beings, were saved through water, which figure now also saves us, which is immersion, not, not a putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the pledge of a good conscience toward Elohim, through the resurrection of Yahusha Mashiach, who, having gone into heaven, is at the right hand of Yahuwah, messengers and authorities and powers having been subjected to him. Now, can we perform our pledge alone in our immersion? Yes, we can. Because all that matters is that Yahusha hears our words, okay? Now, Nicolaitans, right, or Nicolaitans, I think it's called, don't like this. So most people are baptized into a denomination. And the only one that utters a word is the malicious shepherd dipping the person into the water. This is why I also believe that we don't need to be married under anybody either. We don't need anybody to marry us. Yahuwah marries us, okay? We don't want to be married by Babylon. We don't want to be married in Mitzrayim. We don't want to be married by any false religion, right? Same thing when we are baptized, okay? So we can use any body of uh, body, sorry. We can use any body of water. It can be an ocean, a stream, a lake, a river, a pool, or even a bathtub. An elder or anybody else is not required to be present. And if one is, it is only what we say that matters. Don't worry if you don't have any witnesses because there are witnesses in abundance of rejoicing Malachim, which are messengers, okay, in heaven. Our immersion represents the death of our old self and its inc inclination. We cannot clean up or improve ourselves, but rather we acknowledge our filth and sin to the only one that can take our burden away forever and change our heart. We go to him brokenhearted and humble and accept the cleansing of his perfect blood to cover our sins against his covenant. Because belief is shown by our obedience. Okay? 
and I wanted to continue on um, but I am running out of time but um, I just want to let you know of course repent um, if you are going to immerse yourself in water to be born again to be to come out of Babylon to come out of Mitzrayim to come out of false religion and all of that and you want to immerse yourself Maybe it's just you maybe you have loved ones or friends you can do it with maybe you'll do it with your spouse or by yourself um, You can absolutely do that the way that I did it truth be told the first time I did it in a bath <laughs> because it was um, cold out and I couldn't get anywhere um, but I'm actually looking forward to hopefully this spring or summer uh, to go to a lake or river and immerse myself again um, and renew that covenant. Um, you know, when you just, you know, pledge and promise to follow his laws and commandments, you know, and just call out on his name, his true name, which is, you know, Yahuwah, Yahusha, those are his true names. And just ask to be born again that you want to follow his covenants, or I'm um, sorry, his commandments and his laws and that you want to make that covenant with him you want to walk in truth you want to be grafted in into israel okay and that's how you can do it very simple very easy you don't need anybody special to do it as far as like a priest or a pastor or an elder you don't need that you don't need witnesses unless again you want to do it with your family friends your spouse um, but you can absolutely do it by yourself you can absolutely do it by yourself um I've done it and it's a very beautiful experience and it's even more beautiful when you get to do it with your spouse and your children. You know, when I became highly convicted of this and brought into truth, I said I would never turn back. This is absolutely what I want. I want this truth to be in my marriage. I want to be married under him. I want to be married under Yahuwah, not, not Babylon, not the world, not society. Um, and that I want my, you know, I already have a child and, um, but I want, you know, the babies that you know will be coming i want them to be born into that you know i want them to know the truth i don't want to have them go through what i went through you know um and number one not having any belief and then number two coming into belief but coming into to false religions and and deception and, and so many things so um this is a gift that I know he's given me out of his mercy and by his grace. And I want to do that for my, my marriage, for my husband, for my, my children. I want to give that to them. And I want to share it with all of you. You know, and that's why I'm doing this marriage ministry. Because there are so many people that have been deceived. There are so many people that are starting um, their unions out with falsehood, um, with a false foundation. There are many people that have been in relationships that weren't even ordained by Abba Yahuwah. You know, because the enemy has caused them to fall into that or because they were um, far from Yahuwah and they were in society. They were in the world. They were in Babylon. Okay. I know a lot of people think that, you know, being Torah observant or being Hebrew or Hebrew roots or whatever you want to call it is a cult. It's not a cult. It's not a cult. Okay. People will call it that because people can't see the truth. When people are stuck in deception or in a cult or in a false religion, it's easy to say that. But it's not a cult, it's the truth. And I know many people in cults will say, no, it's the truth. No, this is this is scripture. Read your scriptures. It's, it's scriptures in, in the Ruach. The Holy Spirit will speak to you concerning these things. This is the truth. Now, yes, there are people that believe the same thing I do that do go overboard. There are people um, that, yes, there are movements that, you know, are not in alignment. Just like any other religion, you will always find people that take it overboard. Um, but no, it's, it's not a cult. It's not a cult. And I know that probably some people in my life um, who saw my transformation probably thought I fell into a cult. Um, you know, and I didn't spend any time trying to convince them otherwise. I just knew that I was in truth and walking in truth and that I was happy and blessed by it. And I just pray that one day that Yahuwah will open their eyes as well to see. And again, there's no judgment or condemnation coming from me. I just wanted to share this as my testimony um, to share with you how I came to truth, what that looks like for me, what that looks like for my marriage, my family. And um, what that looks like, my personal relationship with Abba. And it's beautiful and I wouldn't change it for anything. I love being at home, worshiping with my family, that being the church and just 
studying scripture and knowing truth and knowledge and wisdom. It's truly a beautiful thing and I pray all of that all of you will experience that as well. All right, I am running out of time. Thank you so much for listening to the second part of my testimony. Um, may Yahuwah bless all of you. I pray peace and shalom and blessings. Thank you for listening, and I will talk with you in my next episode.